And the other night on Wednesday night, uh, we, we was in this scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, I, I heard it said, it definitely wasn't something I come up with, that more attention do they pay to what you do than what you say. And so why I say that, more attention do they pay to what you do than what you say, is because a lot of times we, uh, you know, we, we uh, want to be careful how we uh, push our, this Jesus that we have and this peace that we have and this love that we have and this comfort we have in the Holy Ghost and this mercy that we have. And, and so we, we kind of battle on how we ought to push that. And uh, so sometimes if someone does it a certain way, we may think they're a little too aggressive. And we'll say, well, I think they was a little bit too aggressive. We may think, say that, well, I don't think that was appropriate place or that was appropriate time. And so we can get through all that. But if you'll bear in mind the way you act, your actions, uh, speak louder than your words anyway. And uh, it's two ways that you can be this. Let me read this scripture and let me get on those two ways. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and let me just go on and read 14 through 18. It says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? That's sharp, ain't it? I mean, it, it almost just cuts you. You've got already so many questions to ask about that scripture right there. Seems unfair. I mean, I, I, mean, I can just imagine. And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Baal? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Now, when we get to verse 16, <clears throat> the way it's put there in these first few words, it, it takes a little pressure off of us. We can understand that a little bit better. And it said, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? That's a little bit easier for us. We, we can step, we can accept that just a little bit. Them, them other two verses was real hard, but that's... That's a little bit easier when it, when it used the words idols, maybe. We, it it kind of, it helps us a little bit. And it says these words after that question. It says, for ye are the temple of the living God. And if so, and if so, because a verse 17 is going to be another strong verse. And if so, this is what God says he'll do. I will dwell in them. Boy, we had a good time with that verse of the night. It said, I will dwell in them. And isn't that something? I will dwell in these people. And I will walk in them. And I will be their God. And look, look at this last part. And then they shall be my people. Ah, uh, You know, as we think about over in 2 Chronicles, it said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn for their wicked ways. And, and so all through time, even before even before we ever got saved, before we knew anything about Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, born again, set apart, all these things, the Bible said it rained on us. He just blessed us. It just rains on the just and the unjust. He kept us. He, he kept us for a secure time where we could be saved. So we couldn't just say, well, God just starts being good to you when you get saved because we was born in sin and Probably nobody got saved before three for sure. Most of us is on up in age, and most of it take it took through two or three times before you 
realized that it was only by our faith in Jesus Christ alone and what he done at Calvary would make a difference anyway. So as we think about this, he said, listen, I, and the, and this next verse in my preaching about it, he said, well, if you, if you do these things, you know, you really ain't, you ain't, don't be unequally yoked together. In other words, you probably wouldn't want an ox pulling a wagon and a, and a, and a racehorse. It probably wouldn't work. The ox could get it done. The racehorse would probably break the reins, but if you got a tight enough reins where it didn't snatch them, he could probably get it done. But when you put the two together, you got a situation. Sometimes in life, as I was just reading some people what they had to say about that, sometimes in life you'll find yourself having to tolerate something for a short time. But what this is talking about is, is, is pretty much a lifetime. Even, even it could be in a marriage where you marry somebody that, that's not saved, that's not good. If, if you was in a business, it's going to be a, a livelihood for your family to, to yoke up with, with an unbeliever. Now, if you was, you know, you got to get past the church member stuff. So if you had a business and you wanted God to bless the business, and if you had a Holy Ghost inside of you that know that every gift, good and perfect gift comes from above, so every now and then it would stretch us out even this church folk, but we might want to gather the company together and say, look, man, we want to pray. We want to touch every machine in this factory we got. We, we want to touch every line, every hose in this factory. We, we want to anoint some things with oil. I, well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're yoked up with a, an unbeliever, you're going to have a jam right there. I don't even want to really say it this way. I, I can get in enough trouble all by myself. You need to watch who you even jump in the car with just to go to Memphis. If you don't watch it, they may want to stop by the liquor store. Let's just say that's the only problem you don't have. <laughs> but now, now you, you done got caught there. You were just standing outside the car waiting for them to come by and somebody doesn't come by and see you there. See what I'm talking about in so many areas, and that's a small area, but in so many areas, what it'll do, it'll eat away and it'll decay everything that you've got that's godly. So what in the world are we going to do about it? Well, Scripture tells us it's two things, and I think we're going to go to these Scriptures. Let me read this last two. We want God dwelling in us. We want God to walk with us. And we want to be called his children. I almost just want to shut up and go to the house. Because it's saying, and I, I ain't really preached about it yet. It, it's saying it in its own self. But if you want God to dwell in you, and you want God to walk with you, and when you stand before him, you want him to say, that's mine. And tomorrow when, when you're out there in the jam, you're just not going to be anybody, you're going to be a special people of God. We got scripture for that. And you want him to say, that's my children. Then this is what he says. It's hard. And all the way tonight, I'm going to be preaching the third part. This is the second part. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the church world and 
And why the world don't understand, come out. It's going to be the Word. Even the church world don't understand anymore about coming out. We even come into a church sometime and, and the way people worship and, and, and what they do and, and how irreverent things are. And <laughs> Shoot, don't let me get on that. Tonight we're going to be talking about the third part. Of why, why, why can't they come out? Why, why can't they? I agree with you. Taking a King James Bible in there, whoever you want to go to heaven with you. And if you're saved and born again, that ought to be kind of important. You, you, got, you got some family members don't go to church nowhere. And I, and I know when the funeral time comes, I, I was so glad that Larry got saved. I, we was able to have a celebration in, in Winchester the other day. And, and I wish I had somebody video when, when Larry and Benny come down and lay hands on that brother is here today. I wish I had a video of it. Boy, what a celebration as my friend Larry, already sick, but I, I remember there in Murfreesboro when he, when he, when he got over and he, and he come over with his chair and he said, man, I'm ready to finalize this thing. I need some blood on this thing. I need Calvary on this thing. I need an empty tomb on this thing. I need some power, some resurrection power on me so when I die, not if I die, I know I'll go to heaven. So these words were said. It says, therefore, therefore, oh, this is big. See, see that whole thing, they done got us all. I mean, you go to a funeral the other day, that was a cowboy deal. I went on and told them first off, as I told them Wednesday night, I said, I'm going to comfort the family. I got some word here to comfort the family. I'm going to comfort this family. I'm going to comfort the family's friends that are saved. I'm going to bring comfort to the lost. And when I get done with this, just in case you don't like, I'm going to give an invitation so if you don't know Jesus, you can come to know him as your personal Savior. Do you know how much of the church world, not some drunks, not some drug addicts, not some whatever, that'll give you some trouble if you give an invitation, if you just take just a few minutes just to say, Ben, I've read God's Word. Ben, I've told you about His love. Ben, we done talked about His blood. Ben, we done talked about a man that's going to heaven and how he got there. Can I take just a few minutes just to extend an invitation whereby you can get saved? You start doing that at funerals. You'll have more religious folks wanting to cut your tongue out of your throat because you gave an invitation where people can go to heaven. And the Bible says unless you confess your sins and repent of it, the Bible says except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. <laughs> but you know it's kind of hard for the preachers. So well, maybe I ain't going to do it today. I want to be a like preacher. You know, maybe I might get to do somebody else's funeral. I just heard the other day they had a funeral and a friend of mine told, told that this person wanted this preacher to do his funeral and so he died. So they had him said he was going to come and do the funeral and all of a sudden they said, we've made a change on that. They said, well, we've contacted him. He's available to come. They said, well, we made a change. They said, okay. Said, well, the issue is he's a hellfire and brimstone preacher. 
We ain't got no place for that. So let me just tell you, in, in the thing of you being a witness, there's only two things you can be anyway. You're going to be of that group, and I'll give you the verse that the Bible says, the end's not going to come yet. It's in Thessalonians. It says the end's not going to come yet. The end's not going to come until there's a great falling away. Let me tell you something. You think it's tough for you to come when your cousins are coming with you. Maybe your friends are coming with you. What are you going to do at the end before Jesus ever comes and God's going to do a thrashing down here? He's going to separate the sheep from the goat. It's going to get tightened down. The gospel is going to be preached. The Bible says the gospel is going to be preached. The end's not coming yet. And when the gospel's preached, then the end will come. What you going to do when persecution sets in? What you going to do just for going to church because you already bowed down and said, well, I don't need to say nothing. I got faults too. You're right. That's the reason you need to say something. Because since the cross happened, you got grace and mercy. The Bible said if you, if you sin, you ever come by faith and you accept Jesus, your personal Savior, the Bible said you ain't by yourself no more. You, you not only got an unction from the Holy One, but you got you an advocate with the Father. Said, look, I've done the work in him already. And that work that I started, I'm going to complete one day. Hallelujah. Man, you'll look at your brother or sister and say, he ain't done with me yet. Huh? I heard it say one time, said, I ain't the butterfly God wants me to be. But praise God, I ain't the worm that I used to be. Huh? Man, a lot of folks may look at you and say, man, I don't know that you so saved yourself. Say, no, but you didn't remember when I was plumb lost after Johnson. You don't know how far I've come. You don't know what God's doing. And every day of our life, he's just tooling and he's just working on us and he's just molding and he's making us. So we can't, we can't be folks, beat folks over here with no Bible. Can't just run up in a place that I just stopped by. Could you just get all your folks in? I want to know who's saved and who ain't saved. I, I, you know, I, man, I've done all that stuff. I've locked door on people said, because they love you. I ain't opened the door. You got to get out the door. I'm not opening the door. Just a man lives close. I'm not opening the door. What if you go get in your car and you die? It'll be my fault. I got to tell you something first. You crazy nuts. You said open the door. <laughs> can't do that. We just can't do that, Brother Eddie. Okay. You ain't got to. You ain't got to do it. All you got to do is be an example. That's a little tough, ain't it? Now you say, well, I think I'm going to run in with the Bible. Huh? What if I just get by on the example part? <laughs> huh? Can, can, I just, can I just go and say, look, I, I don't do this myself, and I don't do this myself, but I was just compelled to tell you, you might want to be an example to me. Maybe you ought to go do them things. Maybe you may like the other issue better because the Bible uses two words right here, and it says, come out. By George, we come out with everything else we want to do in life. Huh? I'm talking about we come out. Woo! My word, you go to a funeral now, you might want well to go to a strip tease place. I'm telling you, <laughs> I remember me and Brother Bob, we left a horse show down there one time coming through Memphis, stopped at a place to eat. 
Roger Woods was still living. <laughs> he asked some of them girls, he said, you girls, said, do y'all's mama know what y'all wearing out here? But let me get off them girls. All them mamas. <laughs> hey, it wasn't long ago I went to a church, and there's a church, you know, they, you know, they put the hair up on the head, you know, and, and they wear long dresses. And that's all I got to say. I love them folks. I was in church with some of them last Sunday morning. I love them. I get along fine, but they don't they worked out a trick. They still got the long dresses, but they got a split that comes all the way up to here. My friend was sitting there, he said, my word. He said, ain't that something? I said, it sure is. I said, you notice it turned our way. Well, I want to tell them, won't you just cut it off at the shortest place and be done with it? Quit teasing us about it. Now, of course, now, if she was real pretty and she wanted to talk to me about Jesus, it may keep me there just a little bit longer. Come on. Ain't no need you sitting there like you're so dignified and holy. Huh? If she would have said, I got this oil, I'm just compared to lay hands on you, you might want to just pull off jacket and say, go ahead. Yeah, y'all got the Holy Ghost, ain't you? What you watching on your TV? What are you looking at on your phone? Give me your phone. Give me your phone. They ain't traced everything we've ever done on them. It ain't erased. You can push that little old leak thing all you want to. It's still intact. They got it. Every message you've ever seen, everything you've ever, I mean, I mean, I know you're going to say, I, I hit that by mistake. <laughs> I'm going to say 4,000 times. <laughs> It's a word right here. And it's a word for the church. Look here. We done figured out. We just, we, what we do, we just decide not to do nothing. And it's real easy to be a witness. And it's real easy to have a testimony. The Bible said we got to come out. Yeah. Yeah. They'll figure it out all by themselves. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll figure it out all by themselves. I heard a church sign one time said, what's the best vitamin for a Christian to take? Said, be one. <laughs> you ain't got to say nothing. Acts 1.8 said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. <laughs> I'm talking about after he done shook you. After you done found yourself headed to a devil's hell. And you didn't get saved. You didn't get saved because you thought it was a good idea. You didn't give your life to Jesus because you thought it was a good idea. You didn't become no holy roly because you thought it was a good idea. You become a Christian because you got scared that you was going to die and go to hell and you heard about a Jesus done gave his life for you and you got scared and you needed a Savior and it wasn't for one and that's the reason why you got born again. You wasn't looking for him when you got saved. He was looking for you. He followed you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of my life and we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. About <laughs> the time you get ready to have a good altar, altar service, here comes somebody in, a, in an outfit. It's over. You might as well just say it's over and it's done. You ought to have a line drawn back there. Can't be coming down here. I mean, it looked like you done jumped off the top of the house in it something so tight. 
You know what I'm talking about. Then when somebody looks at you, you won't know what you're looking at. So I'm looking to see how crazy you are for wearing something like that. Boy, it's going to come today. I'd rather have a T-shirt on and blue jeans than some of that mess. You hear me? Got to come out. It's so hard to come out. I'm telling you, it's hard for the preachers to come out. I mean, God said, you need to do this. Here's what you need to preach. Say, but God, I want to be liked. The Bible says, Jesus said they, they hated me. There that man was pointing folks to. He was the Savior, the Messiah. Opening folks' blinded eyes, healing the sick, making the lame to walk. Folks that couldn't talk, he made the dumb to talk. Why in the world would you hate somebody like that? Why? They did. The two words right here, and I sure didn't mean to get excited. It says, wherefore, come out from among them. I remember one time and. And all my mistakes I make, and I make a bunch of them. I'm so sure glad, sure glad that mercy is new every morning. I'm so sure glad it's by grace we're saved. Not of works, at least any man should boast. I hope you get a flyer that one of these bulletins that we made up for you. I got a message for you on the front of that about being a good soldier. About being a good soldier. What makes him a good soldier? Because he's eager about it. He ain't somebody just going to lay up and they all go into battle. And he said, I'm coming on later. I, I got to take a bath. I'm going to be an hour and a half late. And, and he was supposed to be in a foxhole with you and he, he ain't there. Then all of a sudden he comes an hour and a half late after the whole enemy has done got on the line. And now because your buddy was late, everybody knows exactly where you at. And he jumps in a, in, a, in a foxhole with you and all the shells are being bobbed. And you said, thank you for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's hard, ain't it? It ain't hard in the world that we're living in. We want to be liked and we want to have a lot of folks at our church. I'm talking about the preacher folks. I mean, you look out there and you know folks, it's probably an only chance you're going to have on this Easter Sunday morning and they ain't coming back next year. You done invited your family. And I'm saying they ain't going to be back next year. And I'm thinking, I know they're going to want me to preach hell hot today. I mean, I'm only getting one chance. And boy, when you throw out a lifeline and you spend everything you got to try to explain how hot hell is and how good heaven is and, and how bad sin is and how good God's grace is and how good the cross is and how good forgiveness is and what a peace it is to know Jesus. You just think you done done a good job. And all of a sudden now the whole family said, we ain't coming back. We ain't coming back. You can get by all that. You can get by all that. Look, look what the word said. I'm going to go down here real fast right here and be gone. I, I need to go anyway, but boy, I'm so glad y'all here today. It says, wherefore, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not an unclean thing, and I will receive you. I wonder what the opposite of that means. Just be a part of it. Let me keep going, because see, I could go into preaching again. And if you do these things, then I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's a pretty good deal. All I got to do is just come out. So I remember coming from somewhere one time, and 
This guy told me, he said, uh, look, man, I, I got something for us all for next weekend. He said, there's a concert going on in Memphis, and it's Hank Williams Jr., and I got us all some free tickets. It's Hank Williams Jr. Ain't that something? I said, well, well, I'm thinking about that. I'm whiskey bent and hell bound. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about, it's got a good tune to it. If you like to dance, I'm sure it'll, it'll move you. Said, I'm whiskey bent and I'm hell bound. All my rider friends just come on down. Well, I wasn't thinking this way, but I, I'm just saying this because we're in church. You know, when we're in church, we get a little more holy. I was just thinking how I'd praise Jesus in the midst of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking how I'm going to raise my hand and so say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm whiskey bent and hell bound. But I can, I can praise. The, I heard an old, old story how Savior came from glory, how, how he gave his life on Calvary, how he saved the rest like me. I can praise him, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Look at, I was blind, but I now can see. I can praise him about that. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart was rolled away. I can praise him through all that. So the Bible says, look, you ain't got to do this other. That's your excuse. Larry, we got it. We, we got it. They got us. We can't be no Bible thumpers. We can't hit them over the head with it. We can't walk in on the birthday party. Okay already. Lord said, just come out. All right, to get your detox right here for a hurry. We finally had a good number today. And half y'all ain't going to be back next Sunday now. I can't win for losing. Look here. Look in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Let's just read. Because I need to go be with that family too. Let's just read. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. If I just give you word. I told you, you're going to be a part of the great falling away. It's going to be a big falling away. When, when Jesus comes back, I wouldn't doubt in this place right here if it ain't probably 25 folks. If, if I understand word right. Probably about 25. About 25 on a good Sunday would probably be, if I understand, falling away right. I love to hear them Bible pages. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm looking forward to that. Boy, the day it was up there and that eclipse was going on, and, and, and I was at a doctor's office, and, uh, and I was needing some attention real bad, and, and I wasn't getting too much attention. I, mean, I need some delicate attention. I, they done, they done crushed the kidney stone in me. I had a stand up. Me done had it for five days. I needed some attention. Amen. So finally, what I did, I said, "Here's what we gonna do. I'm waiting to after this eclipse, cause I don't want right in the middle of what I'm needing done here. Y'all stop. Go check it." But I did get to thinking. I said, "Wouldn't it have been a great time?" Brother Reed, for the Lord to come when everybody, he said, I'm coming for those that's looking for my appearance. Wouldn't it have been something when I looked through them old funny glasses I had on? Man said, you want to look? I said, I think I will. And I put them things on. Man, I seen that. I thought, man, wouldn't it be something? If I'd have handed them back, I said, look here, you ain't going to need no glasses this time. Just look that way. Look here. I believe he's coming back just like he said. Wouldn't have been something if Jesus was to come. You said, oh, my. 
I want you to think about this. Everybody in your family saved would have been in glory. Everybody that's saved that's done gone on to be with the Lord's going to be in glory. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is going to be in glory. My granddaddy's going to be in glory. My daddy's over in glory. Jeff's daddy's over in glory. Jennifer's mama is over in glory. We wouldn't have to worry about this little thing, about this arm today. Look here. We would have been in glory. Sickness will be gone. <laughs> Praise God. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not so soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by the Spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of addiction, before Jesus comes back, there won't be as many people in church house as it is. I believe God loves us so much, and I'll probably be the first one he's going to take out, but I'm going to get to go to heaven. By the grace of God, I'm going. First, probably first thing he's going to do, he's going to have to clean up the pulpits. Now, you ought to feel better being soft to you. Ain't many preachers out there. He's going to get that done first. Because for God so loved the world, he's going to make sure you don't mean it. So whatever he needs to do, he's going to get that cleaned up. Then he's going to clean up all the deacon body. That's right. That's right. Going to get all that cleaned up. Then he's going to clean up all the Sunday school department. Come on. Come on. He's going to get all that cleaned up because well, I'm going to tell you something. You can't start from the bottom. You've got to start at the top. He's going to get that cleaned up and he's finally going to get an old-fashioned preacher like I seen preaching one time. And this guy wasn't a preacher, but he was shouting and what happened? His teeth came out of his mouth in the middle of the chair. He called him in the air, put him in his pocket, kept going. What's going to happen with the folks in the pew? Don't worry about it. Sin's going to take care of that. That's already going to be unhappened. The falling away being gone. They're going to be able to use every excuse in the world. The Sunday school teachers are so sorry. The deacons were so sorry. The preachers were so sorry. All that's going to be done took care of itself. The falling away is going to be there. Now, Brother Eddie, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked me. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. I tell you what, we're, we're special folks to God. You need to know that. He loves us enough. He, he loves us enough. Boy, I don't know here in 1 Peter, and I'm looking at this first verse. We got an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heavens, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed that last time. That ain't the verse I'm going to read you, but that's a good one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Let me tell you how special you are. It says, but ye are a chosen generation. You're living in a good time. You're living on this side of Calvary. It says, for ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look what it says right here. A peculiar. Come out. A peculiar people. I mean, boy, when this thing goes to say, man, man, you are 
a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and we sing that song, oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the king, and his royal blood still flows in my vein, and I who is wretched, poor, blind, now can see, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the king. Man, we're just all excited. Not only that, we are, we are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Look what he said. You are peculiar. You ever been around somebody peculiar? Huh? If you're taking out the transmission, they want to pull out the other end trying to read something. You're trying to pour concrete, and every time you get ready to go that way, they pull pulling this way. <laughs> you pour the concrete, they just walk off in it after you done screeded it off. Like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> But anyway, all y'all can relate that in life and things you do. Like, why would you do something like that? Man, he is a peculiar kind of fella in the way he does that. But that peculiar means, it means something to him. He, he, he protects it. He's like that good soldier. He, he's peculiar about it. You've been around somebody and you're trying to do a good job and they rushing you. And it's going to take two or three coats to get it done. And, and they just want to see the final product so bad, Johnny. And, and you always prime it. And it needs to dry real good. And, and then, then you sand it down real good. And, and then you put another coat on it. And it has to get good and dry. And, and even if they let you put the primer on it, they say, well, just go ahead. It's okay. It, it don't matter. And we ain't going to use it much anyway. Let's just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't what he's talking about right here. They're peculiar people. They're peculiar. I, now, I may not agree with everything that I see some people in, in, in the religious realm doing, and they, they peculiar because of the way they dress, but I kind of appreciate it. I kind of appreciate it when they walk in the Dairy Queen. They got that same hat on. They got whatever on. I mean, I, mean, I kind of appreciate it. They saying, I, I'm not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I ain't ashamed. It's got the power to save, heal, deliver. Coming out. I don't know about that coming out. He said, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises. Good Lord. We go somewhere to sing. You know they ain't calling us back. Lord, we done done that Psalm 150. We done cranked it up and got it good and loud. We dancing across that stage. Man, we having a good, good time. Oh, now, Brother Eddie, now, I don't know about all that. That, 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 ain't, that ain't so important. You're a liar. You're a liar. Psalm 150 said, praise ye the Lord. It's ain't that same book that you trusted, that you saved. That if you confess your sins, he'd be faithful and just to forgive you after you're saved. You can use that verse. You go over Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead, you'd be saved. You trusted that. <laughs> it said, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Everybody else ain't wrote it down, but I, I look at people sometime, and I, when I see them, I remember a miracle. I remember a baby was born with a hole in a heart that they were so concerned. I remember getting at that altar, and I, and I remember praying, and I, and I remember how good God was, was to them. <laughs> and if you can't figure all that out, just do like Lisa Whittemore said. Just praise him because you never had it. Praise him because you had a healthy baby didn't have to never go to a bond or hospital. Praise him because your baby ain't never had no tube in it. I, 
I praise God. Tell you, I wasn't blessed with some of y'all. I got two grandbabies in glory. I walk around this morning holding Joseph. It means something to me. Who did it? God did it. Well, he picked me up and he turned me around. I could have been in a place again at a nursery at a hospital saying, Lindsay, I don't know why it's happening, baby. I don't know. <laughs> don't mean nothing to you to show Joe's around. But I tell you what, after you done got two of you in glory, when you find a whole one and you can feel a little old face against your face, you can re reach down there and feel the little old cool feet right there and you can make them giggle and they can reach up to you with a smile. I know we're in glory land. I'll see them others one day. But praise God, I'm blessed today. Yeah. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. How in the world? You just wasn't ready. You wasn't ready, was you? Praise him according to his excellent greatness. If he never gave me nothing, just save my soul. Boy, that would have been something to praise him for. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with a, with a softer and harp. Praise him with, with the timbre and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organ. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Oh, Brother Eddie, that ain't today's church, man. We got to dim the lights down low. We got to get some smoke. We got to get some color going up the walls, man. We got to, we got to, we got to have production around here. Praise upon loud cymbals. Praise upon the sound, high sounding cymbals. <laughs> Boy, I like it when they ching, ching, ching them things back there. It moves me. Yeah. I try to get a little Austin. I say, hit them things. Ching on them things. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It said, praise ye the Lord. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of whom, him who called you out of darkness. You know, if you, if you ever won a championship somewhere, and I was talking to you about your championship, but it was basketball. And I said, I, I seen you right now. You remember it? You was right there. That pressure was on you. You was at the free throw line. It was tied up right there. I mean, it was, it was a done deal. One, one second left. I mean, you just need to make one of them. Oh, you would remember that. Oh, we would remember it. Reed, if we was out there to cutting somewhere, man, we just had five more minutes and you just said five more seconds. If you just hold together and one more cut and looked up at it like it's almost over. Everybody's around you said just hold on just a little bit. If the horse had just hold together, if it was a race car and it was rattling, but you, you didn't hit a half a lap and said, man, I got it. If I can just go, the speed I'm going. I'm talking about it went across the line. Boy, you heard it conk out. and Boy, you'd say... Boy, she held together just long enough. I'm going to stop right here. I got a hot, lot more to say, but listen to me. Then there ain't no possible way, as I said Wednesday night. Listen to me. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about having a peace in your heart that nobody can give. The world. The Bible said this peace that I give, I said the world don't know nothing about it. They ain't got enough money to buy it. They ain't got enough money to buy it. The Bible said examine yourself. Will you be of the faith or not? Listen to me. It said, you're a peculiar people. You was called out of darkness 
You remember when he called you out? And he called my name. And I heard his voice. And he called my name. And I made my choice. And I knew my life would never be the same after he called. He called my name. And in a moment of time, just through faith of what Jesus did at Calvary for my sin, I stepped up out of darkness. I stepped up out of it into this glorious light. You ain't got to hit them overhead in no Bible. There's one more verse I'll start with it tonight, I guess. I said something about it the other night, but it's something about looking at God's Word. The Bible says when He saves you, Never was. He put a Holy Ghost in you anyway. I ain't here. <laughs> I ain't here because Eddie wants to be here. I'm here because the Holy Ghost got me here. I done quit a long time ago with no Jesus in here. I'm telling you, listen to me. He said, you ain't going to be no light that's going to go get up under a bushel. I want to inform you on something. God ain't got no secret agents. He said, after the Holy Ghost come upon you, you're going to be a witness to me. Your actions. Well, if we can't do them, if we can't do them elementary things, then how in the world are you doing them hard things? Just can't be faithful. Tenant, respectful of the Lord's house. Just, you know what I'm talking about? Just them, just them things. Just them things. Then how in the world are we going to do all them other things? Oh, God is good. He calls you out of darkness. Brother Jason's going to come. I don't know if today you might have come to get saved today. You said, I, I'm going to church to get saved. Well, that can happen if the Holy Spirit has drawn you. If the Holy Spirit, if sitting at home and the Holy Spirit says, you know, you know, you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. He'll tell you that. <clears throat> He's not going to let you die without telling you that. The Bible said we'll stand before the Lord without not one excuse. A lot of folks think you'll stand before the Lord. So, well, my, my preacher didn't explain it right. Man, you ain't going to believe what them folks down at the church did. I'd have got to say, no. The Bible said you're going to stand before him with no excuse. I may be talking to somebody this morning that just in the last few days, the Lord's pricked you said, you ain't right. You ain't got things right. You like my buddy Larry that was last time he was here, come down there anointed that brother with oil. So something ain't right. I tell you one thing, we had a celebration the other day. Every time I'd go see Larry, I ain't big on goodbyes, I'd just leave. He says, he gone. That figures. He don't ever tell nobody he's gone, he just leaves. Sometime he'd be laying over, I'd stay with him all night. Friday night before he passed away. He said, are you still here? I said, I'm right here. He said, well, I don't ever know. <laughs> he a little grouchy like. The other day I was preaching behind some flowers and this casket was around there and they had him fixed up so nice and his cowboy hat and all there and boots and spurs and his family did a great job. And I was standing behind all that stuff. I couldn't even see nobody. There had flowers everywhere. Right in the middle of my preaching, I could just hear Larry say, I want you over behind them flyers. I just got you record something. Just send it to me on telephone. <laughs> Walked out there right there. Boy, he loved y'all. 
Let me tell you, y'all don't think y'all got it going on as a church? He drove with cancer, 189 miles hurting in his back because he just wanted to come down here and praise Jesus praise with you. God, Renee? <laughs> you don't think you ain't got it going on? <laughs> Boy, he wanted to be at y'all's church. I'm going to try to go to church when he was the sickest. He said, I'm going, to try to, I'm going to try to be there Sunday. Maybe I'd see him that week sometime. And Joe would shake her head like he can't come. So sorry. <laughs> By George, he's in church now. Amen. <laughs> you don't know like I know. <laughs> he's in church now. Life's just a vapor, y'all. It don't last long. Amen. Bow your heads with me. I'm talking to somebody that's lost this morning.